no one is, 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 is more locked in. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkins and Andrew Filippone. Well, that was an old-fashioned, passionate ass-kicking. Um, I was wrong. I liked Tampa. You liked Dallas. I did have the under. Welcome to First and Pod. Super wild card edition. Subscribe, rate, review, tell a friend. Danny Parkins, Andrew Filipponi. That's the last we see of Tampa and Tom Brady together, Pony, tonight? Yeah, unless they have some kind of Hail Mary effort to make changes there that placate him. Bill O'Brien is an offensive coordinator. I've seen that out there. Uh, how about Bill O'Brien as the head coach of the team? I think that would be preferred. He was disastrous as a GM, much better as a coach when just left to coach and not make diabolically bad trades like he did in Houston. But it just, yeah, it feels like it's run its course. Brady at other times this season had checked out. I felt like I had taken crazy pills. The amount of people that just wrote the Cowboys off and thought an eight and nine team that they were going to waltz in this game and have a walk in the park. So I do feel good about that. I also feel better about my Cowboys going to the Super Bowl prediction after the way they played in this game tonight. So, yeah, they, um, they looked really good. D- Dak, after the first three and out, was spectacular. Like, that might have been the best I've seen Dak Prescott play, honestly. Like, he he was completely locked in. Um, the pass rush was locked in. Now, Wolofsky is saying that the Bucks knew all the – that they knew all the Bucks plays. Have you seen that? I He's saw that, he said that they, they, they knew the defensive hand signals. And that so this is like a Spygate situation that they it was like a New England scenario, not through camera work, of course, or technology, but through good old fashioned. Yeah, I mean, it could be through scouting, right? It could it could be legally. Um, <laughs> I, it could be. You could steal signs legally in baseball. You could also steal signs illegally in baseball. I don't know. I mean, that, that's a hell of an allegation by Orlovsky. I saw no, it. No, but I don't think he was saying there was anything nefarious about it. I think he legitimately thought they were doing it on the up and up. That's yeah, like they were tipping it. their pitches. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it would explain a lot because, I mean, Dak went from leading the league in interceptions to carving up a defense that had Akeem Hicks and had Vita Vea and – on the other side of the line, Ryan Jensen played for the first time, and the receivers were all out there together, Evans, Godwin, and uh, Julio. So, you know, yeah, I, I bought into Dallas is turning the ball over, and and Tampa was healthy and at home. Let, I, I bought let's, into it. Let's be completely transparent about this, though. If Brady did not have, and it's a hard thing to just block out, if he did not have seven Super Bowl rings, if he wasn't the greatest quarterback of all time, we would have been talking more, meaning the national media, about Brady being Matt Ryan and Kirk Cousins, if not for his reputation going into this game. And that's why the offseason now is going to be interesting because he can't move. He can he is he is a statue quarterback. Yep. And how many of these coaches' bright offensive minds 
are going to want a quarterback who is legitimately no threat to run. None whatsoever. Like, I, I don't think he's as attractive. You know, the whole second half speculation turned into, of course, because the game sucked. Well, well, that and Maher missing kicks was where is this guy going to go next year? And I'm wondering, is he going to have to do one of these Brady, don't pay me, I'll basically pay for nothing to allow you to circumvent the salary cap type deals to make himself appealing to these teams, Danny. I think that's what it's going to take. Have well, to take. I mean, well, so there's there's two things there. One, it depends how badly he wants to win because there are just not enough good quarterbacks in the NFL. Tom Brady is still a top 32 quarterback in the NFL. So he might not get to go to San Francisco. Is he top 10? No. Is he top 15? I don't know. Somewhere around top 15, top 20, somewhere in there. Is he better than Kirk Cousins? No. Oh, God. Dude, I thought I thought Cousins was pretty good this weekend, honestly. I mean, until the check down at the end, which was completely indefensible. I didn't think that Kirk Cousins was the biggest problem with the Vikings. Not even close. It was their defense. Uh, I yeah, You're right. He, he's, he's a statue. But someone is going to be left in the game of musical chairs uh, without a place to sit. Well, okay, but that's way different than 49ers, team that's close to winning a championship. All Correct. of these. Yeah, I mean, that's, Correct. that's way different than that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, absolutely. He's obviously smart. He gets the ball out quick. You would want to have a very good offensive line. I don't think he's going to want to go out this way. He had his moments. The arm was clearly there. He dealt with a lot of personal stuff. He actually showed some mobility in the first quarter. Had a nice little scramble play. Twitter he also showed him. some mobility when he tried to basically Lionel Messi a guy and so pull a dirty, Mac dude. Jones in this game. So, so How does dirty. that, by the way, it's a blowout ugly game. How does ESPN, you've got Aikman in the booth. How do you not replay that and ask for his opinion on it? What are we I, doing here? Yeah, protecting him. Protecting him. He should get crushed tomorrow. If that was Mac Jones, he'd get crushed tomorrow. Yeah. And you know, you know, like it absolutely totally worthwhile uh to bring up. Was shocked that it was only a thing on the internet. Um the Cowboys are the team that is advancing though, uh, that are advancing, and Mike McCarthy passed up a field goal late which surprised me well it didn't surprise me because the guy can't fucking make an extra point okay okay but hold on then they're then they have to cut him you the game was over you were up four scores in the fourth i i think they should but i'm saying i'm saying you you have to because if if you're gonna trot him out in the divisional round he had a good season you would you could say, well, he made that field goal and it settled down and had a good week of practice or whatever. But like if you don't if you allow his next kick to be in a game, you can't. He's gonna carry that over with him. So I just I was just surprised. What's the difference between missing five kicks and missing four kicks? Now he made like, the extra point after he made after he missed four. He made the fifth one, but like yeah. to me, I still would have no level of trust in him whatsoever. So no, you I, you know, I, think I, I think that Dallas is going to figure is going to get a new kicker um, for the divisional after he had an awesome season. 
That's crazy. And McCarthy saved his job. He'll be back now. I have to give him at least credit for something this year, and that is he had good coordinators. And I think that's a big deal when you're a coach who you surround yourself with. Dan Quinn is one of the best defensive coordinators in the NFL. Now, maybe he leaves for a head coaching gig. I wouldn't hire him, but somebody might. And Kellen Moore is one of the better offensive coordinators in the NFL. So McCarthy still often gets game management calls wrong. But John Harbaugh did Sunday night. and He's considered to be one of the best at it. So I actually, even though it has been, I think, very popular to bash Mike McCarthy at every turn, it's back-to-back 12-win seasons now. He didn't have Dak Prescott for a big chunk of this year. And he just beat Tom Brady in a playoff game. He's back. I I agree that he's not going to get fired. I thought that Kellen Moore in particular, though, I mean, the guy's calling the plays and Dak Prescott had that type of game. I was very impressed with it. And I admit my bias against giving McCarthy credit. But I will give him credit. Um, Troy Aikman had a comical moment in that game. Oh, my God. The one-yard line thing. Oh, that was just Dude, it was chef's kiss perfect. He's like, Joe, I think I'd take the points. Touchdown, Dallas. <laughs> like, uh, also, did you see the dude miss an extra point before that and miss an extra point at the end of the Washington game? That ain't a guaranteed field goal either right now. We're not talking about the rest of the NFL kickers. No. I mean, even if you had Justin Tucker, it would be a bad decision to kick there. Yeah, I just – I couldn't – like – at some point, and we can use this to kind of catapult into the the rest of the slate from the weekend because I, I have a similar point off of Chargers and Jaguars. But whether it's a analytics person in the booth or an analytically inclined producer, which I think they have, or they all have, or just it should be a prerequisite of the analysts who make eight figures to at least understand the other side because what infuriates me is Aikman says I would take the points McCarthy goes for it they score the touchdown there is no praise on the back end for rewarding the analytically sound slash aggressive decision however if they would have not gotten the touchdown You know on the back end, they get crushed for not, quote, taking the points, which, as you pointed out, it's not as if making these kicks is a guarantee. And the same thing happened in Chargers-Jaguars. When the Jaguars get – well, I'll do it in order. When it's 30-20 to and Brandon Staley elects to kick a field goal – to try to turn a two-possession game into a two-possession game. What the hell happened to my guy, Brandon Staley? And Dicker misses it. And he misses the 40-yarder. No one questions, hey, maybe you should have gone for it on fourth and short to try to ice the game and go up three scores when there's less than nine minutes left in the fourth quarter, even though that was an obvious go-for-it situation. They're just like, ah, eh, kicker missed it. What does Trevor Lawrence do? Two and a half minutes later, he's in the end zone. They are going to go for the extra point to cut it to 30 to 27. Bosa slams his helmet, gives him an extra yard. He then makes the quote unquote aggressive, analytically minded decision to go for two, 30 26. They get it. 
No praise for the analytics. No praise for the aggression. And I do, it's like the they only will complement the conservative old school approach on the back end. And they will only criticize the analytically aggressive decisions when they don't work. They play the results. It's infuriating. And Buck and Aikman have such a good relationship where I want a back and forth between those two guys. I want Buck to kind of break Aikman's balls and say, good call, Troy, after that touchdown. They've worked with each other for 20 years. They should be able to, you know, jab each other and goof on each other like that after Aikman, as the guy is walking in, says, it's the wrong call. That's what I don't get. Like, where is the repartee there between two guys? They can't have that conversation. Joe can't have can't Troy, Joe can't make Troy look bad. And that's I think, I, see, I, I think they can. I think that they are all so ingrained in take the points culture that they just don't even think about it. Hmm. So it that stuff's just infuriating in game. So I, I brought up Chargers Jaguars. Let's skip that ahead of of Bills and Dolphins. It was the third biggest comeback in NFL playoff history. Uh, Jaguars advance, Chargers lose. As we're taping this on a Monday night, Brandon Staley has kept his job. When we remember that game in 10 years, do you think it will be more about Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars coming back? Because that's how we talk about it. Third biggest comeback in playoff history. Or will it be a prominent chapter in the Chargering and another Chargers collapse? So... I think that my first guess would be it's more about the Jaguars' comeback. That would be my first guess. Because the Oilers-Bills game is much more about Frank Reich and the Bills in retrospect than it is the Oilers. Now, the fact that they've moved might have changed that a little bit, that there's not like that kind of agony that's associated with that franchise. And I don't really hear Andy Reid ever get killed for that Colts loss. No, that's, that one's also more about Andrew Luck. Probably, Yeah, like, do you ever hear when we bring up, like, Andy Reid and where he ranks among coaches? Well, hold on a second. Remember what he did? That's why the... It, it, um, it, maybe, it maybe would if he didn't get the Super Bowl, but I well, hear Well, that's you. why, again, in some of these situations, you're talking about producers. Now, one person on ESPN this morning when, Rick, when Rex Ryan was basically saying that Brandon Staley couldn't coach his Pop Warner team because he didn't take points and he didn't do old school by the book. Nobody wanted to say Andy Reid blew a bigger lead. Nobody wanted to say that, huh? Like that just, no one knew that or didn't want to say it. Like, I don't, I don't get it sometimes with this shit. Um, no, I think it'll, I think it'll be about Jacksonville and how Lawrence had maybe the worst first quarter by a quarterback in a playoff game and somehow recovered from that to win a game and outduel another young quarterback. Yeah, I think if Staley would have gotten fired, it would have felt a little bit more like it would have been the Chargers. But for Trevor Lawrence, it feels like the first signature moment yeah. 
of a potentially great all-time career. I, I mean, 28 to 3 happened, and we're talking about Dan Quinn getting another job. It's not a scarlet letter for him, evidently. Right. And he did that on the biggest stage. It's more about the greatness of Brady. So why can't the same thing be true about Trevor Lawrence? It should be. No, and I and I and listen, I mean, I, I, as always, I think it can be a combination of of both, right? Like the Chargers have this long history of messing up. It was baffling. Only what, what was it? Seven rushing attempts uh, or eight rushing attempts after they they took the big lead the the entire game, not letting. Well, the that's play- why I actually think, and I like Eckler in fantasy, but I think Eckler is actually an overrated player. Well, I he's just don't. He's a limited. He's a he's a great touchdown guy, and he's a great dual threat guy. But he's not a fifteen plus carry pound the rock guy. Exactly. And you know who turned into that tonight? Just to go back for a second, Pollard. Holy shit! That's another thing I got to give Dallas credit for for a second. They started with him and they rode his ass the entire game. And after it was a negative start by both sides, there was a dump off play that looked like it should have gone for like a three yard loss. And he bounced off guys like a pinball for like four yards. And I'm like, okay, this prick came to play tonight. And from there, it was all gravy for Dallas. That was their first good positive play. That guy's good. Really good. He's awesome, but they already paid Zeke big money. Are they going to also pay Pollard in a market that has Saquon and Josh Jacobs and David Montgomery and Pollard and a bunch of good running backs in the drafts? Like, I, I I agree. I think Pollard's awesome, but weird year for the uh, running back free agent market. Speaking of broadcast, by the way, I think that every ounce of criticism being directed at Al Michaels and Tony Dungy for Chargers Jaguars is 100% justified. And I saw that Al Michaels said it was internet compost Great to Andrew Marchand in a text on the post. Dude, no, it wasn't. Listen, he is a Mount Rushmore all-time great al michaels's voice sounds like big games i'm not taking anything away from that dude's career you and i could do this for 50 years our combined accolades would not be 10 percent of what that dude has accomplished however when trevor lawrence gets that two-point conversion and he goes lawrence reaches it across two-point game i'm like that's an all-time play Okay, I have a couple of theories. This is the third biggest comeback in playoff history. Can I get a little excitement, please, Al? I have a couple theories. Tony Dungy is a corpse. (laughs) And he's he's a vampire who sucked the life out of the booth. That's my Um, my thought. I think Michael's bet the Chargers. He's an L.A. guy. He always talks about point spreads. I think he was watching the team he bet on and was rooting for just – evaporate in real time and that was his honest emotion and he can't say that he had action on him because Bernie Kosar is getting fired for shit like that and he doesn't want to jeopardize all that Amazon money so that's that's one of my theories the other one is I do think he was he's he was never this broadcaster in the past so this this is a tougher one for me but like, isn't Summerall kind of celebrated for never saying anything? Like, isn't that oh, kind of the iconic? Dude. Yeah, th- th- that was not letting the 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 images tell the story. You can still have your octaves 
raise when Trevor Lawrence air Jordans over the line of scrimmage for a two point yeah. conversion. Yeah. I mean, yeah, call the moment, have your voice go up a notch or two, and then get out of the way. And let See, the my perspective is so far off on this because I bet the Chargers, and I was just like turning into a puddle on my couch. So I wasn't cognizant of like there not being enough gusto in a call because I was just basically catatonic at that point. You know, My theory was, and maybe this is just – Ageist of me. In his final call, he also talked about like like leading up to the game winning field goal. He's like, this could this will set up a long flight back to LA. <laughs> I think he was tired and he had flown a long way. And he thought like he thought he was like he's just not interested in being a 78-year-old man who had to fly five and a half hours across the country after the game. I think he was tired. I, and and I genuinely think that there's no reason that Tony Dungy should be in that spot. You know what's not getting enough um, conversation from that game, in my opinion? Like, all the in-game stuff with Staley is obviously, by the time we're talking about it, that was a Saturday night game. It's basically been picked apart. Like, this is like you put out a spread for a party, and, like, most of the stuff that people don't like are just kind of left over there, so... It's hard to really add anything that's totally unique to this conversation, but I'll try with this. I don't think Staley, I don't think enough's been written or talked about the Staley-Bosa aspect of that game. Like, the dude is flipping out. He's spiking his helmet. Staley goes and picks it up for him, hands it back to him, and he spikes it again. Like... How about have some control over your players? Like, I'm reading today about how, oh, the players like Staley? Yeah, because they probably walk all over the fucking guy. Like, how do you, how is more not done there to try to get, even like, the where are the other veterans on that team? Where's Derwin James? You know, where are the guys to get his head back in that game? Because he was doing that that the whole night. That was the thing that I thought escaped criticism. How about make a play? Bosa didn't make an impact play. All he did was bitch about holding penalties the entire game. Correct. That's all he did. Correct. Or false starts. Yeah. I, 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 he was for a superstar. It was a complete no show. Um, The other thing that I thought off of that game that it it got, it got some love because Peterson, you know, he had the fourth down attempt early uh he had the awesome fourth and one play call to etn around the right end and then he had the two-point conversion uh and then obviously we've seen him you know philly special and he won and he did it with nick Foles and aggressive calls and taking over urban meyer and winning season winning a division now winning a playoff game getting trevor lawrence's career on track you got five coaches better than him like uh, I ranked him ahead of Tomlin before the season started and got eviscerated by Steelers players for it. That crushed me. That slid into my DMs and ripped me and said I didn't know what I was talking about. And I wanted to screenshot those and send them back out when the game ended Saturday night. But I've matured and grown up a lot as a human being in the last few years. Yeah, you could have fooled me. Um, he's awesome. Yep. He is awesome. Yes, he is. Like, I, I, 
I, I'd have to do my list to see if he actually is top five, but it it's close. It's real close. I, I just everything you read about that guy, everything you hear from players, and then the in-game aggression and the progress, just he impresses the hell out of me, man.